What is up, you guys? Today, I am so happy to have talked with Hope Mitchell. We covered so many different things from her being a makeup artist to her then going through, you know, being a widow and going through dating after not dating for so long and town controversies and having people sending her, you know, hate but love at the same time and just all of that. So um, I'm really happy with how this came out and I hope that you guys like it as much as I do. So let's get it. Hi. Hi. Okay, perfect. I want to just go ahead and dive in and I want to talk about your media journey with makeup. I don't want, you know, just the, like, I think maybe I saw something about like you had worked at Mac and stuff, but I want to talk about you maybe posting on media makeup because now that's so mainstream, but I think that you did it in a time where a lot of people weren't. So I want to talk about that. Yeah, I definitely started way before the time of, you know, the beauty gurus and TikTok and Instagram videos and all that stuff. Um, I was young. I was like 20, early 20s, like 20 maybe. So that Mm -hmm. was 10 years ago. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just started posting on there. I did work at Mac for three years and I decided to quit because I did not like my management. And so I quit and I was like, what am I going to do with my life? Like, I don't have a job. So I just started Mm -hmm. posting on Instagram and that's how I started getting clientele. Yeah. So do you think that that was something that you were always passionate about was makeup or was there something more like underlying with that? Definitely makeup. I went to hair school. I got my cosmetology license. I love doing hair when I was in hair school. But once Mm -hmm. I started working at Mac, I was like, okay, this is it. This is what I want to do. Yeah, yeah, I think it's so interesting because I worked at Mac too, and but I worked in a different time than you did. And so (laughs) it's just it's so wild because I feel like whenever people like want to be makeup artists, it's always like Mac, you know, like you hear about like mm-hmm. Jacqueline Hill started at Mac and it and it really is. I remember wanting that job for I was like, if I get this job, like I am that bitch. I made oh it gosh. to Mac. Yeah, yeah. And then you get it and you're like, this is so fun. And then you end up. That's what I did, too, is kind of like quitting circumstances or management, not the job, because guess what? being able to go to work and build clientele and be an artist and get paid right. for it and get paid pretty well for it. Hell yeah. You know, you get paid so. so well and you get free <sighs> makeup. I mean, it was yes. awesome, but it, Oh my gosh. It was a dream. Yeah. It's like, it's yeah. Like as a makeup artist, it's like, you feel like you've made it, you know? And then of yeah. course oh, yeah. management or COVID, there's just so many different circumstances. So you've been doing makeup for so, so damn long. And I just want to know is, Do you feel like as you've grown into like a mother and just doing different things in life, do you feel like your passion has shifted or do you feel like that's still like your first baby and you always want to do that? It's definitely shifted because I have been doing it for almost 12 years now. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just like anything like you kind of get burnt out and but then you have those days where you're like, oh, my God, I still fucking love doing. You remember why you did it. (laughs) Yes. Like. I love doing prom makeup and my girls being so excited to go to prom and take pictures and post pictures and yeah but yeah I I am burnt out I will say that um (laughs) she said I'm tired (laughs) I am I finally started prioritizing myself and taking off Mm -hmm. on weekends to spend time with my family which was not a Mm -hmm. thing that I ever did before because I'm a people pleaser Mm mm-hmm so, well, yeah. and I think we get in that mindset of like as being like a creative and especially like with makeup or even me photography. It's like you feel like you're in like a scarcity mindset of I worked so hard for this. I cannot pass up this opportunity. And then you right. kind of start to forget that, you know, you were probably like 
hang on, I have, because you did make it, you know what I mean? Like people do know your name. And so it's like, I can actually say no. And if I pass this up, it doesn't mean that I'm failing. It means that it's a privilege that now I can say no, these days are for my family and I still have a business. And I think that that was, you know, like that's the end goal, but it's like, you're just in that mindset. Cause you know, like we hustled for so long that we're like, I can't say no. You've worked every Saturday for your whole freaking life and yeah. it's just you're normal you like but feel then guilty you have kids and you're like oh shit I gotta go to a soccer game I gotta yeah. go to this I gotta go to that so it's just a whole different mindset yeah it's wild and I think that you know after working for it and then seeing how not quick I mean obviously you know it takes a while but like how quickly it can come you just get you get kind of scared because you're like okay if I take this Saturday off am I gonna lose everything and it's like no girl you can actually just have a fucking break you know, know. <laughs> like- uh, my husband tells me that all the time he's like hope like you don't have to work every Saturday. You don't even have to work Saturdays if you don't want. Yep. And I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, did I actually get to a point to where I can do that? And then your old self is like, don't say no, or you'll lose this forever. It's, it's a mindfuck for real. <laughs> it is. It is seriously. Okay, I I love that because I feel like we both really. I mean, that is like the definition of like imposter syndrome. Is like still thinking that you're like on the max schedule of like if I say yep. no, I'm losing it all. You know, because yep. it's so sad that we were like conditioned that way though you know that it's like all or nothing and it's, I, know. Uh, I it's, know it's insane yeah and especially like like I said being a creative it does put you in a space to where yeah you just never want to take it for granted because you're like wait a minute people actually you know care about what I'm doing and they're coming to me I can't tell these people no but in reality they understand you know like yeah, they do <laughs> they're people too <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Okay, I'm going to completely switch gears. And you may hate me, but who knows, we're gonna see what happens. Um, (laughs) I want to talk about, um, obviously, like the elephant in the room, I want to talk about losing a partner and how that felt publicly because I will say um, like I've been following you for quite a while as have many people and in that time you know I think a lot of people don't understand why people speak about certain things and then guess what I grew up and I went through some crazy shit in life that I was like I'm hurting and I'm going through so much that I bet no one can relate to this like I need someone to talk to and so I kind of I'm not I don't know how much you posted about it but I do know that you posted a little bit and now I completely understand why because it's like this is such a crazy thing in my life that I wish I had someone else to kind of you know feel like I wasn't alone in it maybe but yeah yeah, I want to talk about you losing a partner and how that felt publicly and you know why you shared it and how much you shared or if you think that it was a smart choice of doing so. I basically shared everything through that point in my life because sharing was like a healing process for me. Like posting about everything that was going on in my life, the good, the bad, which most of it was bad and all of it was shitty for Mm -hmm. a year or so. But Mm -hmm. um, posting just, I don't know, it just really helped me heal and talking Mm -hmm. about it. And because I I was one of those people at the time that was like, I'm not going to go see a therapist. Like, I'm too cool. I'm too good for this. Like, I don't want to talk to somebody about my problems. So I just literally posted all my shit on social media. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I don't care what people think. Like, they're going to hate me. They're going to love me. It doesn't really matter. Like, this is just helping me and this time. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I literally posted everything about everything when it came to that. Yeah. And I think that it makes it where it's more, I don't know. I just appreciate like the authenticity because it makes you more personable through people. Like I, I did that for like, I went through 
a crazy breakup where everyone I dated the same person for so long and everyone knew me as this person's girlfriend for so long and then all of a sudden we were not together and I am just kind of on the train of no one owes anyone anything however if you post so much and if you include so many people into your life and then you cut it off you don't have to tell them why but you cannot get mad if they say what's going on you know because it's like okay you shared the good shit now you're not gonna share what really happened oh yeah so don't get mad that people are asking you know so I really respect that you did that and I also kind of relate how you said the no therapy type thing because I'm such like a dominant independent person that if I went to therapy that was me saying I'm not in control of my emotions that's exactly how I felt about it (laughs) and you're like no nothing's gonna get me you know and it it really is you get to a point to where you're like wait you know I could actually talk to some like people talk to people about shit they don't Uh, just get me alone (laughs) well it it came to the point for me where I had my son and I went through postpartum depression really bad because I still think that I was like dealing with Greg's death Mm-hmm. Still dealing with that. I mean, I still deal to, with it this day. Like, uh, oh, no. six years this August since he died. And, I mean, it'll never go away. But mm-hmm. I st- I've never seen a therapist. I went through postpartum depression with Liam. And I'm like, okay, this time around, like, if anything happens, I will definitely, like, go talk to somebody. Because I feel like it's healthy and it's good. And yeah. literally everyone in my family, even my husband now, is like, you need to go talk to a fucking therapist. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is because, you, like, you know, like, you sit around and, and it's like. The reason why I didn't talk about a lot of my issues is because, well, for one, whenever I would hang out with people, that was my one time to not be in my head about the issue, you know, so I'm like, okay, I don't want to talk about it. And then on top of it, I'm like, none of these people can relate to this. So whenever I do it, I don't just want empathy. That's not helping, you know, and it gets into that situation and it's like a tug and pull and it, and, and especially now, I think the last like year or two, everyone is like you're actually more shunned if you like don't go to therapy because now therapy is cool but like four or five years ago you were a weirdo if you went to oh, therapy yeah, for sure. you know something was seriously fucked up about you if you if you went to therapy yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh she oh she goes to therapy she's fucking crazy and it's like yeah. oh actually I'm going that way I, y'all honestly it's better for the environment if I go so it, yeah 100 it would have been oh, so God. much better for me to just go to fucking therapist but you know Mm -hmm. but no I mean it's yeah it's so taboo and so that's what I think now um I don't you know I'm not going back being like oh everybody has it so much easier but I do think that now therapy being so like just uh, honestly it's easy I mean you can get a fucking therapist on your phone now you know so it's just the option the more options and the more acceptance that it is now I do think that um it's just I don't know it makes it makes going through things a little bit not a little bit easier, but you know, it's just at that time, like we said, if you were in therapy, you were, I mean, if I would have went to therapy during this time, I wouldn't have told any of my friends that I was going to therapy because I would have been like, oh my God, they're, you know, like, it's just. and now it's like, oh, and now people are like flexing. They're like, yeah, I can't hang out today. I'm going to therapy. And it's so Yeah, like I'm not taking Xanax. I'm going to therapy. Oh, that's probably a lot better for you than (laughs) taking a Xanax like I did. Yes. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. I mean, now if you don't go to therapy, you're like the odd one out. That's so funny. I'm, I want to curveball a little bit now and talk about the 
dating scene and how it was like, you know, maybe being single out in the dating world for the first time in a while, because Mm -hmm. I will say this, obviously dating is a lot different now. However, I was in a long-term relationship for around, honestly, around the same time, I think that you were, and it was six years. And so those were like my early adult years where all of my other girlfriends or boyfriends, they had all went through three and four different relationships, but I had been with this one person. So whenever I became single, I was like, oh it is actually piss in the dating pool you know like I I didn't know that it was truly like that so and I was in shock so I kind of want to hear your experience with being single and kind of like what was going on yeah Greg and I were together from when I was 18 and he died when I was 25 so I literally missed that whole the whole you young 20s like I'm gonna go to the college <laughs> parties I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that like no that was not what I did so okay. yeah when he died I was terrified I was like what is all this shit what is tinder what is hinge what is- <laughs> I didn't think that it was real I know <laughs> yeah I'm like this is terrifying like I do not like this like swiping left or swiping right I was I like know. no like I cannot deal so, I'm like honestly, how am I gonna tell if they're funny on here or not I like, know you and so I really, honestly, I did not date. Like, I really didn't. I went out with my gay best friend every single night. <laughs> we drank. Girl, tell me why my, that's what every single girl need is a gay best friend. Oh, because it's just 100%. what you gotta do. Yes. I had a few friends at that time that, like, supported me. And we were, I mean, all we did was drink. That's all mm-hmm. we did. That's how I coped as well, which is terrible. But dear mm-hmm. God. It helped. Here I am. <laughs> I'm not an alcoholic. So. You said um, I made it through. I did what I, I just for momentarily. Yes, it was just momentarily thing. So yeah, I really honestly did not date. Like I met Duke. Um, me and my mom actually went to J Towns and had lunch one day, and it was like I don't know three or four months after Greg had died, and my mom was like, "Look at him. Oh, he is so cute." And I was like, "Mom, like." No, I'm not ready for that. You are a <laughs> psycho person. So, about... right, it's like, how do you even go up to someone and be like, oh, hey, like you're cute? No. Like, that person, my mom like, was literally like, hey, to him. And I was like, shut up. We like, love the wing woman. Oh my oh God. Oh my God. And he was like on the phone with his mom, like FaceTiming. And I was like, oh, I know her. Like, I did your sister's makeup for prom. I was like, of course, we're in Jonesboro, like the smallest town in America. Everyone knows everyone. Right. So, but also any. the chances of you being there at that time and with your, I mean, it is kind of, Yeah, know. I know. I know. And then <laughs> it was like, I don't know, maybe six to eight months later, I was at J-Towns again and he was there and that's how everything started. You're like, if you're following me around, just say that. No. <laughs> right. He was actually hanging out with one of my best friends at the time and I was like, okay, this is really awkward. And then we just kind of hit it off. So, you know, I love that. And that goes into my next like, you know, topic. I want to talk about divine timing and how you feel about it, because I know I don't know if you're similar to me in this aspect, but a lot has changed in my life in the last two years to where um, I have. Honestly, I went from being like the most pessimistic person and that anyone had ever met, probably to um, being like the most like I just am an optimist now I would say and so I do you know I kind of changed that around but the whole divine timing thing if you would have told me divine timing whenever I broke up with my boyfriend two and a half years ago I would have been like what are you like miss me with that shit you know what I mean like the whole like hope and miracles and coincidences and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but then things in your life start to happen so I kind of want to talk to you about um divine timing and I think it just makes a lot of sense especially based off what you just said so like relationship wise with Duke 
Uh, it was definitely divine timing. Um, <laughs> we were just like talking to each other for a few months and woo, I got pregnant. Yeah. So that was divine timing. And literally, I had always wanted to be a mom. I never thought it was going to actually happen for me. And, um, and just the yeah. chance of you guys meeting and like hitting it off. And like you said, just like casually being at J-Towns because like you, I mean, even though you said, you know, Jonesboro is small. Let me tell you, girl, it is small, but I wasn't hitting it off with nobody. So <laughs> it is still, you know, there is still something that goes between like real connection and real chemistry and, you know, like a, a bigger source leading you guys to each other because right. I mean, yeah, yeah. He was at J-Towns that day, but who else was at J-Towns that day? Everybody, you know, so Everybody. the chances of yeah. y'all talking. Yeah, it is really, I do think that that is like a miracle and that was something really good that was meant to happen to you, whether that kind of also ties into to the you're never like there's never a perfect time because like you said like you said that you're like there's no way you know yeah. but when what when were you gonna go you know what today's the day I'm gonna yeah. go you weren't you know yeah we found out we were pregnant and literally less than a month later we were engaged and less than a month later we were married so yeah. it yeah. just happened quick yeah I want to talk about um your core values that you look for in a partner so after Greg, did you ever like kind of sit with yourself and go, okay, if I ever meet someone, they have got to have these two or three things like this is what I will not settle for. Oh, yeah, I wanted honestly, I really wanted my whole life to be different. Like, mm-hmm. I, I went to the gym every single day of my life when I was married to Greg. And that was mm-hmm. like our main thing that we did together, like was gym. Everything was about the gym. Like that was his job. That was my job at the time. And Mm -hmm. so I was just ready to completely shift that. Like, Mm -hmm. I had stopped working out. Like, you know, I didn't really care anymore. So when I met Dupe, I was like, okay, this dude is, like, really sweet. Like, too sweet Uh for, like, it to be real. Like, there's no way that a dude can be this nice. It almost awakens your, like, inner child, like, adventure. Like, the free spirit that you didn't think would be, that you would could find with someone as an adult. You know, you thought, whenever I'm an adult, everything is all work and it's all serious. So, yeah, like, you meeting him, and especially, it sounds like that's what you needed. In that time of your life, you didn't need, like, you know what I mean? To be like, okay, we're insane business partners tomorrow. You're like you just said like you wanted a complete change and it was it was hey you do your thing I do mine and we're gonna have fun and connect he was I mean just like literally the sweetest person ever and Liam my little boy is exactly like him like just the sweetest like he's just the coolest dude that I know like I'm like how did I get so lucky with these two guys I don't even know yeah I I love that I love what you said about wanting it to be a complete change because that's something I really, I really do relate to that too. And I think a lot of people will. And I think a lot of people just, you knowing that you wanted a complete change is you growing because you not trying to get back in, you know, a similar situation to that just for comfort. Yeah. I mean, there you go. You know, that's how I feel like you, if you're in a long-term relationship and if you're married and whatever, you kind of go looking for the same thing again. And I was like, I don't really want to look for this. The fact that you were like, yeah, maybe this wouldn't work again because of, you know, this and this and this. Right. Here's, you know, here's my chance to maybe pursue a different way of having, and the fact that it worked out that way is, it's insane because I, I do know what it's like to maybe feel a little bit hopeless and think there's no way that this is like, this is what, whenever you're built on that being one of the main like serious relationships, you don't see a way of it being different with right. anyone else. You know, yeah. you're like, oh, I'm not ready to date because I know what dating is, you know, but you I didn't know, know it I would actually so, be I was this so way. set in my ways. Like, like I said, Greg and I were together for 
eight years, like seven, eight years, like I was set in my ways and I was set in what I liked and what I didn't mm-hmm. like. And then everything, it was like a 360 change. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think it's um, obviously like there's a lot of differences and like, you know, how your last relationship was like and and then how mine was. But I will say that also meeting people after that and saying, you know, them being like, oh, you know, how did your last relationship end or how long was it? Whenever you say that you've been with someone for that long, they're like, mm-hmm. oh, shit, you yeah. know, so you're also like, who am I going to find that is OK and understands that, you know, because it's a lot. It's a lot to bring on, you know, but okay. I also think that that's something that I look for in partners is, you know, I don't think I want the guy who had 50, who his longest relationship was one month, you know, like, right. I think that that goes without saying. <laughs> so I think that that's a huge, a huge thing in dating. Um, I want to talk about your audience and maybe changing your audience and how that's like worked for you. Because like I said, I've followed you for a while and I have noticed um, quite a shift and it's not, it seems like you, your shift went with how authentic you are and you oh, yeah. going from, you know, like you posted makeup because that was your life. Well, guess what? Now you're married and you have it. So, so you're literally just posting your life. But I, I do want to talk about that shift um, in your audience. Yeah. So when Greg and I were together, I really didn't have a following. Like I, I didn't care about that kind of stuff. I just posted mm-hmm. because I wanted to post. And then after he died is when I started getting followers and I was posting all my stuff about being a widow. Okay. How do you, okay. I was about to say, so was that following built through makeup yes. and then women like the relationship? Okay. I didn't know yes. that. Okay. Interesting. Yes. People just, I mean, they would reach out to me and, you know, thank me for being who I am and not holding back. And yeah. I didn't like, I really didn't. So um, that's how I really built my following was just posting about my experience as being a widow. And mm-hmm. then, um, I got pregnant and me and Duke got married and then people were even more interested in it. So mm-hmm. you know, I'm posting about all of that. And then the election comes around and I start <laughs> posting about what I think politically and then I lose <laughs> like 4,000 followers. And I was like, all right, peace oh, out. God. I'm done trying to please y'all. Yeah, you were like, oh, y'all like it whenever I say things that is for your entertainment. Or right. Like, but, but but if I have an opinion that differs from y'all, y'all are out. What yeah, like, y'all? let me post about the saddest part of my life and, like, talk to you guys about. And it's entertainment record. for y'all. And then I post about some stupid shit and you're like, all right, peace out, girl. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Like, I understand. Yeah, I've, um, I've kind of noticed some things where I get ready to, you know. I will say in that environment, um, the kind of work that I was doing, like creatively and the friends and people I was hanging out with, um, it was just a lot different than what people were used to there. And so because of it, um, it just was not as accepting. And I think that that's really hard because, you know, I really pride myself on, um, like honoring different people's opinions. So even if I do not um, agree with them, like mm-hmm. if you're, you know, this bomb ass makeup artist that I've been following, I'm like, oh, she's cool. She's talented. And then you post something political. I am confident enough in who I am that I can go, you know what? Like, I don't agree with that, but cool. Everybody has exactly. like their own opinions. Like I can respect it and keep it moving. But yep. whatever you're kind of like, you know, I would say like in the environment of the South and just the way that times are now, it makes it really hard because people are very all or nothing and it oh, gets yeah. disheartening. I've lost many, many friends from mm-hmm. posting about that shit. For sure. For sure. And like, and- that is so sad because if you were to post something I didn't care about, like, I'm not going to unfriend you. Like, that is absolutely absurd. 
Yeah, it's like you're gain it's and it's and it's very hypocritical as well because you gained most of the following because everyone's like you're so transparent and you're so authentic and you're like whoa I was transparent and authentic whenever you agree with me now that you don't agree uh-huh. and I'm being myself you're out what the oh fuck, yeah I got know? death threats oh it was bad I oh was I didn't scared. know that it was like that oh yeah I was like scared like people saying they were gonna come kill me and my family in my house so like me and Dupe and Liam would go stay at my in laws. Like, like it was scary. Uh, yeah. Okay. So did you um did you share that on media or did you as soon as that kind of started happening like you know was that the catalyst to you being like I'm gonna pull back like but I, I don't just, think you've ever pulled back. Have no, you? Like, I've never pulled back. Okay. Like I no, that's kind of when I but I did stop posting as much because I was like I'm not gonna deal with people threatening my, me and my family. Mm-hmm. Like I went yeah. and got a gun and I like I was like I cannot feel threatened like this is terrifying I I have a newborn child yeah I just couldn't believe that you know I didn't know all of this I knew about um the first time I had ever seen anything that you had posted and I was like I cannot like even if I was like I don't agree with this girl I don't agree with the way that people are acting that's a real big thing on me you know it's like you know what I may not agree with her or disagree with her but the way that people are sending shit I can't even fathom like typing something and then pressing like the audacity are y'all for real right now you know keyboard keyboard warriors is what they're called oh my gosh yes and I yeah and then they see you in public and you don't even see them because they're running away and it's so insane but like (laughs) I just remember seeing something thing um and I don't remember the exact situation you don't have to even like dive into it but I just remember seeing something about you um going through like you know like you just had a newborn you were doing what's best for your family and something about like your dogs and you, you got my dog. hate oh, oh my, god. my god it was insane <laughs> there's this one girl I don't even know who that I was is. like I want to go to this girl's house and tell her that it's okay right like, now <laughs> I guess we went to high school together or something. I don't even know. Like, I could, I don't even know her name. Like, I could not even tell you. And she has just completely said crazy shit about me on the internet. And I'm like, you don't even know who I am. Like, said that Greg had died, like, five years ago. And I was like, yeah, no, number one, no, he had not at the time. You were like, your and facts aren't even facts right now. The facts aren't even facts. I'm like, I'm sorry my dog bit me, and I'm terrified he's going to demolish my newborn child. And, and it's you know this, what? He got, a, he got a new home, and he was beautifully happy, and he passed away this year, so... Oh, and I'm Jesus. so sorry to hear that. It's the same. As, you know, those are the same people who get their, like, two-year-old, like, toddlers, kids for, or they get them, um, like, puppies and animals for Christmas and yeah, then no. let them, like, abuse it. And then and then it's Valentine's Day, and now we need to find a new home. Yep. But the second that you did something for your safety, that, because guess what? Guess what happens? Then then you keep the dog, and then the dog maybe, you know, gets into it with your little boy, and now you're the worst mom ever. And now I'm the worst mom <laughs> ever, and it's all over the internet. So yeah. love that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really, yeah, it really is. It's like damned if you do, damned if you don't. And it it makes you want to not share it. But I will tell you that there are people, I appreciate it. There are people who really do appreciate it. And I think that um, sometimes, obviously, you know, like the love overpowers the hate, but there gets times where the love is so silent and all you're hearing is the hate where you're like, what the fuck? I was just thinking about that the other night, actually, like how at least once a year there's some kind of scandal going on with me on the internet and I'm just like I don't even know like what did I do to piss you guys off like I know 
Like, I just I don't get it. I'm not and that's, a fighter. Yeah, yeah. And that's where you get to the point to where you're like, you know what? If what I'm doing, I've, I've grown to realize that if someone is being nasty or mean towards me and I'm sitting with myself and I'm really thinking, what did I do to them? Guess what? They're projecting. They're mad oh, at their yeah. own fucking life, you know? Yep. And so, and that's what it is. And I realized that because I, like I told you, I used to be a pest. I used to be that way. I used to not have compassion through different situations because I was like, my life's hard, so yours can be too. And it's just, it's not a way to live. And it's people with hate in their heart. And I just, I think my main thing in this is just the hypocrisy of them loving. We love hope because she's so herself. And then whenever you show completely yourself, fuck her. How can you say that? I know. It's like (laughs) hate and jealousy. Like, I just, I don't get it. It's like, you either want me to be really fucking sad or like is that what you want like you want me well I think it goes into like the misery loves company because that's what people were doing with me like with my breakup it was like she's so relatable and she's so real and then whenever I would get things together guess what I I was too full of myself and I'm like well y'all didn't want me to be happy like I don't I don't know how to balance for y'all and then that's whenever you realize like let me just live for myself because you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't absolutely oh my gosh I love that okay I want to do a final just kind of wrap up of like any words to people who they they do want to share things online but they feel overly criticized and critiqued because of it and maybe some things that have helped you to like you know we just circled back on you saying I never I never stopped so what made you not stop uh I've always my mom instilled in me (laughs) You said, I'm just a real ass bitch, Haley. She said, just don't give a fuck. Like, you can't Mm -hmm. give a fuck about what people think. And I've Mm -hmm. always just kind of related back to that. Like, I just don't care. If you love me, you love me. If you hate me, you hate me. But you don't have to be rude. And you don't have to send threatening messages. Like, just keep it to yourself, girl. Like, it's fine. I'm fine. You're fine. You don't have to be mean. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just I just keep doing what I need to do. I don't post as much as I used to, but I definitely still share the big parts of my life. And yeah. whether they be happy or sad, then, you know, that's just life. Everything's yeah. not all hunky-gory all the time. Right. Yeah. And I love that. And I think that it's really telling, too, like, if you are listening to this and you are someone who you know, see something online and it's pissing you off so bad and you're getting ready to send that message before you press send, I would sit with yourself and say, what am I actually mad about? (laughs) And would you want to receive a message like that? Would you want that to be in your inbox and you read that and are are like, oh my God, what the hell? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because like you said, like the keyboard warriors, everyone, it's so easy online to say, oh, well, she has all this going on. You don't know what's going on. You know what I mean? Like you don't know until you're actually struggling and you don't post all that. Like that's why I try every day to if someone's pissing me off I try to bite my tongue as much as I can because I'm like you know what they're going through some shit and it's not right that they're acting like this but how many times have I you know had a bad day and everyone thinks oh well she's just a bitch but they don't know I'm upset because my mom just died or this is going right I mean you never know what somebody's going through like ever and I literally cannot imagine having to be a celebrity and (laughs) the hate that they get because I would probably 
I don't know. I would have an in-home therapist because I you would have to have like a there. manager of your um, like your social your emotions. You look at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, your emotions. Like, can somebody just sit here and listen to all the shit I need to say because I'm getting bullied online twenty four seven? Yeah, and I then turn your can't. phone off and sign an NDA, please, because I can't trust you either. <laughs> yes, it's terrible. Like, I don't know how they do it. I'm like, okay, I don't want that many followers. Like, I don't want to be famous. Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so well yeah I don't it it really is it really is crazy and I think that at the end of the day like you know people are people and like you said like would you want to receive this message would you want to do this and it just is like and then also like the fact of like most of the people who are sending the hate you don't even know them so like are no. they like you know what is even or it's somebody <laughs> who's created a fake ass profile they have zero followers and they yes and their picture is blank yes yes <laughs> It's insane. I'm like, you're probably like someone in my hometown that I know being oh, an yeah. asshole, creating a oh, fake yeah. profile, sending me room messages. Absolutely. And it's like, girl, that takes, so- I, honestly, the time that you have to do that is inspiring to me <laughs> because what are you like? Yes. Go chase a dream, bitch, because I can't. I Give can't. me <laughs> some of that time, baby, because I do not have it. <laughs> right like if you would invest the time that you're spending hating into like working on yourself you'd probably be the best bitch alive I mean no I literally don't understand I know it's insane well I I love this I love this whole talk (laughs) that we had I feel like we hit every point plus some and I want to say thank you so much for being the first podcast that you came on and um I think that there's so many people who can relate to it and even if they can't it's very entertaining to I mean just hear your story and just I think it's inspiring so I just want to thank you so much well thank you I was very excited to do it a little nervous but you know (laughs) like I say I don't hold back I mean I'm gonna speak my truth and if you don't like it you don't like it baby you said are you if, yeah if I come on I'm coming on like, I'm coming on Duke was just like my husband was like just tell him what you need to tell him I was like well I'm going to like what do you expect <laughs> I'm not gonna hold oh my back. yeah no yeah if you had a publicist PR of you being a slurry they'd be like oh my gosh Josh, oh, she did not just say <laughs> so yeah, funny so funny I, I love that. that but you have a good rest of your day girl and thank you so much